Now recording. Didn't we fire Craig last episode? Is that canon? Yeah, we fired... I think we fired Craig uh, after this show and once before this one that we're recording now. So I'm pretty sure either way, Craig got canned. Well, I can't help but notice he's back. Is this is this a different recording bear also named Craig? Or is this... Are we having issues hiring... Well, I hired that intern that was supposed to take notes of the podcast and then voice act the whole entire thing for us, um, but he didn't last. I also, I just remembered that uh, Craig's Craig's father is uh, a big shot in Pennsylvania, in the Pennsylvania uh, game games department, and uh, we made a a big mistake by firing him from the... uh, casino the Lomo Lounge. We would have we would have lost our funding. We would have lost our podcast licensing if we didn't hire Craig back. Whole operation would have been gone. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to At the Movies. After the movies. After the movies. You're listening to After the Movies. The show where we get our podcast name wrong. More often we have, than we get it right. We used to have two and now we have one. Uh one nice dedicated twice a week show. Um, I am your host, Aaron Mook. I'm here with my co-host, James Lombardo. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing, my man? I'm just excited to talk about Night of the Living Dead, dude. <laughs> I, I'm giving my co-host faces because I couldn't, for, I can never tell if he's pulling one on me or if he watched the right movie. And I was just uh, pulling one on you. Although Night of the Living Dead rules. Uh, Army of the Dead. That's what we're watching. Army of the Dead, yeah. I Wow, I didn't even think about that. This is the second of the Dead film that we've featured on the show. And the mm-hmm. second George Romero film that we featured on the show. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> um, today, we are discussing... It's, it's my first uh, pick of my most wanted, um, not most hated movies... And it is George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, um, 1978 film, uh, filmed all, not even predominantly, just filmed uh, entirely on location in Pittsburgh, which is awesome. That's where James is. I lived there for a good time, and I'm not far from there now. Thanks for letting everybody know I live in Pittsburgh, Aaron. It's in time for all the crazies to come after me and like this movie. I'm going to have to go hide in the Monroeville Mall. Our uh, our fan base is so rapid that they're going to uh, we, we God forbid we dox the. I know uh, everybody that listens to the podcast has probably already been to my house, so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but maybe this will be the one that that brings on some more uh, listeners. I'm so excited, I and mean, we've been doing good. The podcast is doing good. I should give a quick shout out to uh, to just Lomo Media activity in general because we've been putting out these sketches. Um, and we're more people are watching them than ever before. It's amazing. Yeah, we're averaging a hundred views per video now, and I'd like to keep that going. That's awesome. So thank you to everybody. Um, seems we're getting a lot of returning viewers, a lot of likes. We're getting some comments, so we really appreciate that. Thanks for the engagement on our YouTube channel. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't checked it out, go over and uh, check that out, especially if you're a fan of the podcast. Um, we got some new content coming out soon too, where we are going to be experimenting a little bit with twitch and some different mm-hmm. uh 
kind of like talk show, game show type things we can do with, with some friends. And so that should be a lot of fun, too. We're just going to try to rip off as much cable television shows that we can on our Twitch. And everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, it's such a great idea. And it's like, you suckers, just because you don't watch cable anymore. Every Yeah, just everything comes from, like, us staying up too late and watching, uh, like, MTV2 and, and G4 <laughs> when, when we were, like, 10 years old. Yeah, um, it's true. Uh, but I, uh, no, so I picked this movie. I tried to pick, you know, my three favorite films ish that were kind of, uh, unrelated and I don't even know. Rem- I don't remember what my process was, but we landed here and I think this is like one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> I love this movie so much. I, uh, it is a really I, good movie. I accidentally sent you the European cut. So we watched different versions of this movie. Your version was 13 minutes longer. No, I ended up watching another version because that one I couldn't get the load on the on my TV, so I had to go down gotcha. and find it again. Did you do you know if yours was like was it like about two hours and five minutes? No, mine was two hours and twenty minutes. So yeah, you watched the European cut, um, which I didn't check. I didn't think to check before I sent it to you. So um, some background on the movie: um, there are three different cuts. There's and and it's also very difficult to find this movie, which is insane because it's a pretty well-known title. Um, basically, the the person who owns the rights, the producer Richard Rubenstein, um, from my understanding, after some research, he tried to remake this film a second time because there is a remake from 2004 that Zack Snyder did. He tried to remake this film a second time in 3D in 2017. And put a bunch of his own money in and failed. And now he is, from again, from my understanding, holding the rights to this hostage at an unreasonably high price in hopes that whoever he eventually <laughs> sells it to will also buy the rights to his 3D <laughs> remake. Uh, uh, you gotta love an entrepreneur. Yep. <laughs> so... Which makes finding this movie kind of difficult, but uh, I know that no narcs listen to the podcast, so I would like to let people know that if you just go ahead and search Dawn of the Dead 1978 full movie on YouTube, you will find like like three or four different uploads of, of the film. Yep, um, and also, too, if you're a podcast cop, you have to tell us in the comments or that's entrapment. Absolutely. All right. Yep. Yep. And I, we don't have to identify our, I, I Now I already feel bad that I said you live in Pittsburgh. We don't have to identify ourselves to the podcast cops. No, we don't even do a podcast. This is an unlicensed <laughs> filming of two friends talking. What? What podcast? What? We just get together with a couple of microphones and we, we talk. And if you happen to listen. Eh. Um, so that is kind of the background as to why this movie is so difficult to find. Um, it was difficult for them to get funding for it, for Romero to get funding for it uh, here in the U.S. So part of the reason why there's so many cuts is that Dario Argento, uh, Italian filmmaker who directed Suspiria, um, a sequel to this film called Zombie 2, because in, in Italy this came out as Zombie. Um, he's, a, he's a very good filmmaker, very, very good horror filmmaker uh, in Italy. Um, also a member of Goblin, who did the soundtrack for the film. Um, he funded the movie, and in exchange, he got the right to make his own cut and uh, release it internationally. So, um, 
that's where these different cuts come from. The other one, it, the third cut, I believe, is just an extended version of the theatrical cut before it was cut down to two hours and five minutes. Uh, the reason that there was a delay between Night of the Living Dead and this film was that uh, Romero did not want to be um, typecast kind of as a horror director, um, but the success of this movie definitely let him, it kind of was the, the thing that let him go on to do more projects and to continue this series um, with Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, and then all the way up until his death, he put out two more. He put out uh, Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead. Um, whether those films are as good or not, up for debate, but uh, this movie is just like such a strange combination of, of things that I love. It feels very amateurish in the best way mm -hmm. possible to me. Um, like, it has a very, like, DIY spirit to it, I feel like. Um, lots of cool stuff going on. Tom Savini, special effects, who is also a Pittsburgh yep. native. Uh, Pittsburgh icon. Pittsburgh legend, Tom Savini. Lives near some friends of mine that have waved to him while he gets his mail. Um, so, thanks, Tom, if you're listening. So maybe somehow we can get this in, uh, in your hands. But, uh, the effects in this... I don't even know where to start with this movie, man. The effects in this, I love because he went to Vietnam and he said that that helped him figure out how to do better gore and how to do better, you know, like uh, special effects, practical effects. But the one thing you'll notice when you watch this movie is that the blood is like straight out Leon. of an Italian. Yeah, it's like it's red paint. I mean, it's yep. so... And I guess him and Romero kind of went back and forth on that, but Romero said that he liked that it felt like a comic book. And I feel like it does feel like a comic book. I also, the other hot take I have is, like, I've seen some amazing zombie makeup. I mean, like, I remember watching the first episode of The Walking Dead, and there's a zombie that, like, has no lower half, and it's just, like, rotting. And I was so impressed with that. But I, maybe it's just, like, for this movie... I just love that they're just, like, people with gray and blue makeup on. Like, it's very simple, and it works for me. Is that the gore itself is good. Like, the, uh, especially there's a scene where, in the beginning of the film, they storm an apartment, uh, the, the police storm an apartment complex, and they shoot a guy in the head, and his head just explodes. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's very Scanners-esque, um, and it was basically a prosthetic filled with like food scraps uh and red paint and they shot it with an actual shotgun um and the effect is amazing so like it is kind of this weird thing i think that work what works i think the reason that it works too is that the film has kind of two different tones going on where it's like some of the movie is a straightforward horror movie and like thrilling and there's you know scary stuff and terror and and you're grasping at your pearls and then the other half of the movie is like fun and funny and there's uh like a i think the biggest thing this movie has that other zombie movies are missing like modern ones especially is like a sense of like joy to it i like some of the best like it is equally as fun to watch these characters like have a good time together and like live yeah. in this abandoned mall as it is to see them you know, popping off at zombies and stuff. I kind of like the whole story. Um, it's funny to see, you know, they're uh, the, just flying that helicopter over, especially when they get to that small town in between when they're on their way to Pittsburgh there. 
And the small town people, because it just reminded me of back home, if this were to happen, they were like, we're going to go hunt them. We're going to go kill yeah. them. We're going to go hunt them. And they're just out there with their rifles, just shooting them down. And it's like, man, if well, that's not Bradford, I don't know what else is right there. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, because uh, the, the whole movie's got kind of this satire of like, it's got satire in a few different ways, but one of them is just like how people would react if this actually happened. And uh, it is this thing of like, they, the guy even says at one point, the guy on the TV says something about, you know, despite the circumstances, some people still have a sense of humor. And that's all I could think of is like, they're doing a perfect job of showing like some people would be like, this is the end of the world. I'm going to kill myself kind of thing. And, you know, mm -hmm. and then other people would be like, let's get them. Like, they're just like looking for a reason. Just blowing uh, up cars on the land. Right. Shooting them as they're beers. coming across the hill. It's so funny. Um, and like, it, it really is a great, I think it's like organized chaos at the beginning. You have these people, this, this movie starts with the television station and you have some people that are just like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> and you have other people that are like, we have to stay on the air. Like it's, it's important that are the ratings, we have to stay on the air. And it's like people not really grasping the reality of the situation, which feels very much like probably what would happen if something like this were to happen in real life. Um, yep. You know, polar, pull very polarizing reactions as we've seen even from something like COVID where, uh, when we when that first happened and nobody really had anything to go off of, you have people doomsday prepping and then you have other people saying like this is gonna go away next week. Would um, you have just stayed in the mall? Would you if you were in their position, you knew everything was kind of chilling out, you got the doors blocked, you're having a good time, eating some dinner, drinking some wine. Do you think you would have stayed in the mall? I think so. I would have stayed in the mall. The mall seemed nice. The mall did seem nice. Uh, it seemed really cool. Especially and, when they're doing that Italian day night and uh, the yeah. funniest bit. And he's like, what about this bread? And then Peter's like, what? <laughs> holds up an even bigger loaf of bread. bread. <laughs> it's so great. Um, I would have definitely stayed. The whole reason that their shit gets blown, and this is like, what's interesting to me is that like, they fundamentally you know they don't reach an agreement with the zombies but it's like they figure out a way to cohabitate with them they mm -hmm. get to a point where they're finally like all right like we just live up here and like as long as we don't like go around down there and like you know as long as we're careful and all the stuff like we don't really have to interact or worry about it the whole reason their operation gets tanked is because human beings come back into the equation and ruin everything yep you know um that's like that's uh, ironic, and uh, it is this consumer thing, too. So, like, you have the zombies walking around the mall aimlessly, and they talk about, like, you know, oh, it's this place was <laughs> something important to them <laughs> before they died. Uh, they're just remembering what they used to do. And then when you have, um, like, Tom Savini's gang of, like, motorcycle tyrants at the end of the movie, super bizarre twist in the film's direction. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I was like, all right. Um but it's so funny because you have, like, people that can't control themselves to the point that, like, even though they're surrounded by zombies, that guy is like, oh, free blood pressure test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, goes for the blood pressure machine and then obviously gets uh, zomb zombied because you can't, what are you doing, man? You know? Well, this whole entire film, people are just victims of themselves. I mean, even with right. Roger there going crazy and becoming yep. just... 
you know, he thinks he's unstoppable to running around and eventually that leads to his demise, you know, same. Yeah. As all of them. Anyone who dies that was a prominent character is because they couldn't contain themselves. They oh, just I had think to go the, over the top. I think the Roger thing has some connection to his sergeant too, Wooly in the beginning, who is the like racist cop that yeah. they, they, they initially storm the apartment complex and the people outside are like, we don't have any charges like we're just trying to help you you know like don't like make this like difficult and then that guy goes in there and just starts rampaging and killing every and he's like saying slurs and and killing like every minority person he can find and i don't know that the zombies are necessarily like a metaphor for that but it does feel this this other thing too of like roger's a cop and he gets this he finds this kind of like you said courage to be unstoppable and that's ultimately what ends up being his downfall. Um, it feels kind of connected to me. I yeah, think. I mean, after the seventh time where he, you know, escapes fate, <laughs> right? That Peter ends up shooting the other one in the head, but it's just yeah, poor old Roger just couldn't just couldn't hack it. Yeah. The zombie mall. His makeup looks really good. Like the zombies that matter look good I, I like when he comes back to life i think that that is a pretty effective moment um mm-hmm. and like you can same tell as steven. same as steven when he comes out of that elevator yeah that reveal he gets is mauled. awesome yeah that's that reveal is awesome um everybody does a great job in this the the acting is great i love uh i think the whole cast is great um i love the way that steve is is slowly losing his grasp on reality when as he's like turning it feels very realistic to me he's sitting there with ken and, or with um ken foray who's peter and he's doing the whole like you know like hey like like i'm gonna try not to come back okay like you gotta make sure that you kill me if i do but make sh- but i'm gonna try not to and he's like like really losing his mind um i just think it's really effective and really like sad i mean i actually care about the characters you know and like i would just watch this probably on halloween and for some reason i misremembered who survived i thought so i had a this idea that peter shot himself because right at the end there's that scene where he's like waiting for the zombies to break in and he's got the gun to his head and i misremembered that i thought that he killed himself and for some reason i thought that her boyfriend uh Flyboy, steven there lived isn't so that the like, alternate ending in the alternate ending that the alternate ending peter kills himself he does but steven still dies the way he did and then francine also kills herself by sticking her head in the helicopter which is insane that's an insane ending um and i'm kind of glad like that would be gnarly but i'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't get it because i like that there is a Again, this movie is, like, not your typical straightforward horror movie. Like, I think there's a lot more complex stuff going on. And uh, if this movie just ended with, like, a super brutal blow to these characters that you've really come to love, I feel like the joyful parts of the movie, you know, it's it's good that it ends on a note of, like, optimism. Yeah, I mean, because like you said, all of those good parts of the film would have been for absolutely nothing. We would have, you know, as viewers really would have been satisfied, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I lost, I, I was so excited. I still love that, like, because I, like I said, I, I forgot. I thought he, I thought he didn't shoot himself. Uh, the turn where he's like about to shoot himself and then he's like, 
nope. And turns the gun on the zombies and then does his whole, like, there's, like, Indiana Jones music playing. He's, like, punching zombies out and, you know, runs up onto the roof. It's it's great. It's, it's, it's like, a feel-good ending to a movie that is, like, a roller coaster to watch. What happened? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> I was just... Didn't know if you had more to say. Uh, no. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that, you know, we, we've we previously recorded the Texas Chainsaw episode, um, but you'll be hearing that on Thursday, and something we talked about in that is, like, social themes. And they're handled... I mean, I think that they kind of work in that movie, but, like, it's, it's just watching a movie like that and then watching a movie like this in like close proximity is like really opens your mind to how different things are. Uh, like not to be that guy, but it's just like this movie, it feels totally different and it feels like it succeeds at portraying its themes. Do you think, um, uh, do you think there was a lot of like, what do you think would be the main theme though in this one? I think consumerism is the, is the, is the main theme. It's interesting because I, it, uh, you know, he was a progressive filmmaker and Night of the Living Dead is big um, for having a black lead. Yeah. Um, and, you know, spoiler alert, the movie's been out for <laughs> for 80 years now. No, 60 years. Um, but at the end of Night of the Living Dead, I mean, it's a really amazing twist ending and a really, like, progressive for, like, 1967 ending. Mm-hmm to have him be the survivor of the zombie attack. And then the police come and shoot him anyways, because he's black. Yep. Uh, that feels like something that would come out today and people would complain about it being on the nose, but because it happened in 1967, I mean, it's huge, you know? Um, and there is still that element in this. Like, I think it's interesting that they show the police raid in the beginning of the movie. Um, and I also think it's interesting that two of our main characters are, like good cops it's like not to get too deep yeah. into today's politics well, i mean we even see a lot of the when they first call him a deserter and they go to that dock to fill up the helicopter and those other cops are kind of pillaging and looting and everything so yeah like peter peter and roger were basically the last ones standing yeah a couple of great one-liners in this too um one of them is one of the movie taglines when uh when hell is full, the dead will walk the earth. Or when there's no more room left in hell, the dead will walk the earth, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, the other line also, but it was almost be, like, but but he says it at first, and then Stephen's like, "What?" And he has to say <laughs> it again. It almost loses its whole punch. He's like, that, "He's like, that's an insane thing to say." Uh, that's what I would say if somebody said that to me. <laughs> I'd be like, "Your grandpa said that <laughs> for real? Didn't know about this." Um, the other really good line is when they're at the gun store, which is actually not a part of the mall. It was shot at a gun store in East Liberty, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, Peter picks up a gun with a sight and looks through it, and he's like, something, I think he says scene of the crime or something, and Stephen again, he's like, what? And he's like, the only person that couldn't shoot with this gun is the sucker who can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> which is really good. Do you um, enjoy the... Uh shots of where it's just like the scope overlay like the site overlay yeah i think it's fun i think it's fun (laughs) uh 
Why did you? I liked it, but after after a certain point, I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> He's right. using a rifle. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know, it's, it was refreshing to watch a movie like, I really like Return of the Living Dead as well, but that's a movie that is like, it, it, it has like, that's where the, the zombies love brains thing came from and like uh, all of these kind of different things. And this movie sets that up for sure too. Like a lot of zombie lore is kind of set up with like, you know, destroy the brain or remove the head kind of thing. And, but it also doesn't, it feels like there are tropes in this movie that are, or, or there rather there aren't tropes in this movie where modern zombie movies do. So I think about even the remake, the Zack Snyder one. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Um, you're introduced to characters that you're just like right away. You're like, oh, this guy's like an asshole, and at some point he's gonna die. Do they and do that, that so you don't have to? So they don't have to spend too much time on story, so they can just get right into the movie. Yeah, probably. I mean, but it, if again, it's like the difference. I mean, I like that movie too. I, I think that movie's actually genuinely a pretty good remake. But it is definitely a difference in tone and pacing because this is like a film film. Like as dumb as that sounds, this is a movie. I remember watching this for the first time and being like, I didn't know you could start movies that way because this movie doesn't have exposition in the beginning the way that a normal movie would. It starts in the middle of chaos and like takes you from there. And then the pacing of the movie is this like, you know, you have really great, uh, zombie scenes and you have then you have like really great like scenes with the dynamic between the group um you know the the remake and, and modern horror movies i think a lot more just kind of like you said they set up hey here's like four people you don't care about so that they can we can well that's sure how i felt can, you that's know. how i felt with the texas chainsaw though right for sure absolutely yeah i i think um there's also like this thing of like drama, like um, there's a there's a weird absence of like drama in this movie. There's sus there's suspense, there's yeah. suspenseful scenes, but in a in a movie today, if a person was pregnant during a zombie thing or whatever, there would be like a whole scene where they're like arguing. And they're like, we gotta like you know, we gotta get rid of that thing. It's gonna give us away, all this kind of stuff. And in this movie, it's like one minute of dialogue where it's Or up. definitely, you know, having the child in the middle of all of this definitely would have been the route that most people would have taken, I feel. Yeah. I uh I just it feels refreshing to like spend time with four characters that I like. You're like not so sure about Steven at first, but after a while you're like, okay, like this guy's this guy's on the straight and narrow. They all pretty and, much just act like you would act in those situations, though, if you really think about it. Yeah, for sure. I just think and that's exactly. I mean that's that's why it's so good. I think new movies, again, it's like not to be a crank that's like complaining about movies these days, but it's just like I feel like they have to manufacture internal drama where just because that's like how the, the layout is for a, a yeah. horror movie. They're like, oh, we need to give them something to argue about. And it's like, what if you didn't? What if you had these characters be really likable? And then it made the scenes where they were like risk. It made that like way more, you know, compelling and, and, and everything. Um, so I just, I love this movie. 
obviously talking about it a lot. Is this uh, um, so? Is this your top favorite? You think? No, uh, this is in my top ten for sure. Might be, might even be in my top five. And I think that this may be my favorite like horror film. I we're oh, we're talking about we're talking about you. we're talking about aliens in like two weeks. And I don't know if I consider that a horror movie or like a sci-fi action thing. Well, we'll talk about it when we talk about it. I'd be curious to get your thoughts on it. Um, but every time I watch this movie, I just, I like it more. It's, it's, we've talked about it on the show before, but I love a movie that you can just live in. It's cozy looking. It's, it's cozy to me because it's like Pennsylvania. It looks cozy with that, that 1978, those cameras. It almost feels like a documentary at times. There's like some cool scenes where they're shooting like almost B-roll of the zombies, like doing stuff. And, uh, they have this like you know, very chintzy, like grocery store music playing over top. And, um, it's just, you know, it's two hours long, but it feels like it doesn't drag for me. Um, no, I don't feel like it was too long of a film. Yeah, there were certain scenes where I was, maybe we're like, yeah, okay, I get it. Let's move on a little bit from here. But other, other than that, it doesn't really feel like a two hour film. I'd be interested in seeing the other versions. I might, maybe I'll seek out the European cut um, next time just to see how it how it changes for me. You know, I know that some of the satire is taken out of that, and I know that it's replaced with a lot more of the Goblin music, just like the prog rock kind of stuff. Um, which is is cool. that what Zombie would be? Are you talking about Zombie? Yeah. Yep. I would like to see that. I'd like to see how different they are. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's, that's about it. That's all I have on, on Dawn of the Dead. I, I really love this. George Romero was given, it's, this is like my dream. When he made the deal with Argento, Argento was like, come to Rome, write the movie. Like, we'll just like, you know, like have a change in scenery. <laughs> and it's like, man, to be able to just like go get out of your house, go to a foreign country and work on a script with somebody who is also like a master of horror who's like, ah, let me help you with your script. Like that's, that's cool as hell, you know? Um, yeah, maybe that, like, maybe you can get lucky in that guy that we won't say that taught your little class. Maybe he'll invite you out and you guys can hang out in some shed together. The, <laughs> one of the, uh, we'll just say one of the writers of Saw 4. That guy. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll get back to me and, uh, not that I reached out, but maybe he'll get back to me and say, hey, come hang out in my shed and we'll write Saw 11. Ugh. <laughs> That's like your dream, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This movie, um, so I guess I'd be just curious to hear your thoughts in terms of like, did this feel like more than a horror movie to you? Because I think what sets it apart for me is just that it feels like a comedy at times, a horror movie at times. And then it also has this like feel of an independent, uh, an independent filmmaker. I don't know. It feels of. like a sitcom, honestly, at times. Yeah, for sure. Like half of sure. half, half of the film seems like a horror film. The other half, um, late night sitcom, I would say. Yeah. I, I get that vibe for sure. Um, and I, and I like that vibe. Um, I love, I mean, part of this movie too, the charm is just like, how, how much fun would this be to shoot? You know, like 
to have them all to yourself at night and just film your your working third shift basically with like 200 zombie extras in a mall and you're just filming this movie for three months at the Monroeville Mall. That rules. That sounds like so much What how hard that was to do for three months, just go in at night and film and then like have to have all your stuff picked up. Well, that's what I was wondering, because there's some shots of them like breaking stuff. Um, and I was like, cats being a shit. Uh, there were some shots of them breaking stuff. And I was like, man, like, did they just pay an extra cost to... They're like, hey, we, we broke some shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'll see when you watch the movie. Um, it was cool. Uh, he took a, Romero took a tour with a friend who owned the company. You actually see it on the boxes in the movie. It's uh, ODC. That's the company that owned the mall. And so his friend worked for that company. And his friend said something when they were taking a tour. He showed him all these hidden areas, like in the back ends of the mall, kind of. And uh, his friend said, like, oh, yeah, this would actually be a pretty good place to wait out, like, an emergency. And that's what gave him the idea to to write a, a movie. And it's it's one of those things where it's like... It's uh, like serendipitous moment after. Right. <laughs> like, oh, right. Uh, my friend that owns this giant mall invited me in. Oh, my other friend in Italy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, his friend's like, gee... You know, I always said, sure would be a great setting for a zombie film, but nobody's taking me up on it. <laughs> huh? What about you? Huh? I was like, hmm. Um, and it, it's, that is the thing that I think has become the biggest, like, touchstone for, for horror and zombies since then, is this idea of, like, how much, you know, I don't want to say how much fun it would be, but this idea of, like, you had to be anywhere fight zombies and live go to the store you know like that's that's like you live in this big mall complex and get whatever you want um there is an element it's like it's kind of like a teenager's dream of that element of like except for now you don't want to be right. stuck in any mall these days back then it would have been cool now you're just like it's so empty right i was also thinking about how weird this movie would be if it didn't exist and it came out today with like mass shooting kind of st stuff because like it is this thing where they just take joy in having like open season mm -hmm. and like you know railing down zombies with, most of know, this like, film is just different gunshot wounds to zombies <laughs> well that's what i was gonna say there's so much squid i want to know how much of the budget was just squibs oh yeah movie. you'd hear you know? the, you'd hear the gun and then it'd be like <laughs> right and then you see like a piece of makeup go like <laughs> and they just fall over <laughs> It's so it's so good. There's so many like parts of that that are there's some stuff that genuinely grossed me out. Uh, when they tear into uh, Roger's leg, like when it's bandaged up and he's getting into the car inside the mall, and one of the zombies like rips into his leg and opens it back up, and it's just like blood pops out. That grossed me out. Great time talking about this movie. Thank you for indulging me. Um, excited to come back and watch Aliens in a couple of weeks, but. Again, report back next week for Knowing and War Dogs. Until then, uh, have a great week and get out of my bar.